Weekly Loss Podcast, episode 77. She swore like a docker in a cracking set of knockers. She was only the farmer's daughter. How did you know she was drowning? I'll tell you how he knew. That guy sees the future, dude. We can't transmit because something else is already transmitting. Somewhere close, the signal's strong. Train, how would what they kind of transmission is it? It could be a sat form, maybe a radio signal. Can we listen to it? Let me get the frequency first. Hold on. Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here for the second of 16 back-to-back live Lost Podcasts recorded in front of an internet audience at TalkShoe.com. In this show, we're going to be discussing Season 3, Stephanie. Yes, Episode 8, Flashes Before Your Eyes. A Desmond-centric episode. Yes, we are. And uh, why don't you go ahead, uh, let's take turns talking about the format of the show. What are we going to start? Oh, actually, let me tell you uh, before you start, (laughs) we're switching exploring the mystery. We're going to start with exploring the mystery, then we're going to go to... Character analysis. And then we'll give you some lost in the news. We'll open the lines for the listener feedback. And we'll end the show with a spoiler section. Okay? I might have to leave for that. Okay. Um, I, actually, the spoiler section is pretty much just a preview of what's coming up next week. And it's it's Lost Away Bonnie from about.lost.com. Okay. How did about we get this com. set up where I'm behind you again? I don't this know. This does not work. I must see your face to talk to you. Okay, okay, hold on. Here we go. I am now coming over here. Is that better? That's better. Okay. So, anyway. Um, oh, those who are dialed in by phone, uh, as we record this, we encourage you to hit the request to talk button during any point in the conversation to add any thoughts or comments that you might have during the current discussion that we're currently having. Uh, so, Stephanie, why don't we go ahead and get started with... Exploring the mystery. We're lost on an island, running from boars and monsters, freaking polar bears. I've looked into the eye of this island, and what I saw was beautiful. Lost. Exploring the mystery. Alrighty, Stephanie, we have uh, done such an um, controversial thing on our initial reaction podcast for... We talk too much? No. <laughs> Cliff happens to always say what he thinks to be true as far as my, his He theory. learned that from me. And, 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 and when I do that, I kind of state things as if they're fact. You know, yes, it's, you do. It, rather than just I think saying. That's the salesperson in you because you're always trying to sell. I'm trying your, to sell my theory. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly what I'm here to do tonight. Okay. It, I have an agenda this evening. Okay. I have an agenda to well, sell. Well, Cliff has an agenda, and I'm coming in blind, so it should be an interesting show. Now, I did try to share with you this afternoon these notes, and you said, can't we just. Look at it no, tonight. No, you didn't say the notes. Oh, that's what I meant when I said, come down here, I want to show you something. And you said, not right now. 
You didn't say it was the show notes. Oh. You told me it, it was a, some, I don't know. You said the it was The screen captures, and I wanted to show you some other stuff. Okay, well, what? whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the big question is this. What actually happened to Desmond after he turned the failsafe key? We were told by the producers that in this episode, we would know the answer to that question. Okay? And in typical Lost fashion, there seems to be yet some debate. Even though that they seemingly told us we would know... Right. There's still debate on whether or not he actually had a flashback, and uh, and I'm sorry, flat. His life flashed before his eyes, and and he kind of just uh, imagined this whole thing in well, his the mind. The name of the show, the title of the show, was "Flashes Before Your Eyes." Aha! I and that is a critical point. I want to point out. Okay. It's not f- flashing before your eyes, or it, it's flashes before your eyes. Okay, and that's going to be critical in, in there, my... There's no, there's no comma between flashes and before, so it's not okay, it, flashes okay, e- e- even before your eyes. Flashes before your eyes. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's how it flashes before your eyes. What What's in a title? I mean, everybody's going to interpret that their own way anyway. Well, I, and, but I'm going to explain to you why I interpret it this way. You mean you're going to sell it to me? I'm going to try my best. Okay. Do you want to read what uh, Eduardo Morjora um, from Brazil emailed us? Okay. I'm going to try. He wrote, I really don't think we have to get stuck on the time jump idea. Everything happens for a reason, and that's the reason I think is behind only fools, quote, only fools are enslaved by time and space. I believe the producers are trying to say to not get enslaved by these theories. Um, I just think because of the... um, I just think because of the concussion, Desmond just dreamed about a time he already lived. Um, I love your Lost podcast, Eduardo. Eduardo from Brazil. Okay, thank you very much, uh, first of all, Eduardo, for uh, sharing that. And I will tell you, Ed- Eduardo is one of about 30 to 40 emails exactly like this. Okay. Cliff, I don't think that it was actually something where he actually went back in time. It, it, or Cliff, it, I don't think, I, I think it was just him uh his life flashing before his eyes in fact that's exactly what he said uh so this is the most common response that has been coming in via email at the generally speaking podcast network regarding our initial reaction podcast okay however i'm going to very and i'm going to do this very respectfully very respectfully i will disagree with most people and i'm going to propose that desmond did if you want to call it this travel back in time as we know it First, let me play a clip for you. And in fact, I'm going to turn that over here, and here is the clip I'm going to play. And this is going to give you the, the flashes before your eyes. Lost character analysis. Okay, actually, I'm going to hit the lost character analysis yeah. button instead. Uh, let me hit this button. I want, a job. I want him to respect me respect you he shall but if for some reason he's too daft to see how brilliant you are it's not the end of the world what did you say got a parcel here for 815 excuse me what did you say I said delivery for 8.15. She's beautiful. Your boat. 
My foundation is sponsoring a solo race around the world. How, you? How do I know you? Thank you. You can leave your number if you want. How do I know you? I don't. Uh... Where do I know you from? Look, I don't know, but I remember if I could get some help. Hey, can you get some help? You're Charlie. Yeah, name's on the sign. Thanks a lot. It was on the hatch. I remember seeing you here. There was a, there was a computer. There was a, there was a button. We, we were on an island. We are on an island, mate. This is England. No, it was real, man. I remember. Hey, all right. It's just this is why we don't do drugs. No, this I remember. This this, this all happened before. T today, did this happen today? This, this I remember that you said I wasn't worthy, and then I and then I and then I came down and I, and I, I took up my tie and. I, and then the, I lost my tie, and Penny said, where was it? And then, and then it started to rain, and... Okay. Stephanie, let me ask you this. There's the debate. Was this a flashback to the past? Or was this simply his life flashing before his eyes? I want to know what you think. Um. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I I want to believe that it's a flashback to the past. And why would you, why do you want to believe that? I want regardless to, of any facts. Um, but what do you? Why do you want that to be? Oh, I don't know. Because nobody understands it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had this I had this long conversation with my best friend who is admittedly so a casual viewer of Lost. Okay, so Wednesday night's episode totally had her completely lost, really. And so I told her I said but the the prospect of this whether whether capable or not is pretty cool. And um, so I don't, I just, I don't know. I just exactly, and, and I, I see what you're saying. You know what and, I mean? But but when you when let me ask you this, okay, okay, forget about when, when I watched when it. When you watched it, what did you think was happening? He was in the past. You you actually think he was he was reliving? Well, yeah, well, other because. <coughs> pardon us for one second. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, it just might be a long night. Um, for me, when he's standing on the corner and he recognizes Charlie, uh huh, and he's saying, "Okay, I know you from somewhere," and then it kind of all comes together, and he's like, "There's the computer, and there's, you know, the beeping, and um, this all happened before, and I lost my tie, and Penny asked me where it was, and it started to rain." I mean, there's just a sense that he is. There's just a sense that he has been there before, as opposed to what I would think as your life flashing before your eyes would be seeing, you know, the things that you, the things that you, mistakes that you had made, and also in the future, the things that you did not get to do. Aha. See, that's another critical point. This, these flashes before his eyes were not only of his past, 
but they were also of the future. You see what I'm saying? He no. not he yes, he not only had flashes Well, I th- no, I don't see will you explain okay. it to me? Okay. Okay, yes, I will. Uh the flashes that he saw during this time where he was blacked out were flashes into the into what we call the future. And I, and I I make a point to say what we call the future. But he also had flashes not just of his past and that's usually what's associated when your la- life flashes before your eyes. You don't actually Usually when you hear you, I've never heard anybody say when they said they saw their life flash before their eyes. I've never heard them say future events yet to happen uh, have also flashed before my no, eyes. But you think about the things that you didn't get to do. Like for, you know, say for Desmond, that it would be that he, you know, didn't marry Penny and that they didn't have children or anything that. Okay, you know. but I'm talking specifically lightning striking I'm Charlie. I'm talking Charlie drowning. Okay. Oh. What? Nothing. Go okay. ahead. I, I'm I'm kind of lost on where you're. Okay. Well, you let, lost me there because. Well, and and and, and I apologize. Is be- he seeing? Is he seeing the future, or is there a recognition that he has done this before? Okay. Because he says he doesn't say, you know, I saw the future and you drowned. He says the last time. You went out after Claire and you drowned. He doesn't say I saw it happen. It already happened. Oh, I have to go back and get that one. I, okay. In, in fact, I think, I, actually, I do have that he clip. He said, he didn't say, I saw Locke give a speech in the future. He said Locke's going to give a speech. Yeah, he said. Or he gave a speech. He gave that in so, his speech. Right. So here, the thing is, is that it's like he went, yes, he went back. But now he's lived all this over again. Okay. And if he's, you know, say he's been to, and I've seen this on a show, but I can't remember where now. But you know, say he, he's already been to the failsafe three or four times, you know, he has, he's in a continual loop of. A loop of events. I, I, I got where you're coming from. And I, I'm going to say that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say he is going back and reliving the events. This isn't like back to the future kind of going back in time and and meddling with events. Oh, Doctor Who, he's in parallel universes all the time. Exactly. All and that's kind of like what I'm thinking. Like he has done this once before, Charlie drowned, struck by lightning, you know. The earth dies or whatever. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Like and, Doctor and Who so says. And so like he he's going He's going through it again with the knowledge of what should have been. Right? Am I making sense? Yeah, you, okay. I, you're making complete sense. But I, what I'm going to do is, and, and I apologize what to you, Stephanie. What you're going to do is you're going to disagree with me. Which no, is no, I, I totally don't disagree with you. Okay. You're, you're you're more along my line of thinking than this whole idea that this is just flashes before his life flashing before his eyes. Okay. Which I think is totally different than the title. Okay. Flashes before your eyes, right. and I, and I'll get into that. There are a couple things that I just want to say superficially. Okay. That that kind of support supported my ideas originally. Uh, first of all, the photo, the photo mm-hmm. I'm talking about is the Desmond Penny photo. Right. In the last episode of season two, when the two men call Penelope, she has the Desmond slash Penny photo, the instant photo of her and Desmond next to her in bed. The only way she, in my in my opinion. In my theory, the only way she could have gotten that is they if they lived that again, and he gave her the photo instead of taking it himself. Exactly. Because the guy took one picture, and he pulled out one photo, and 
Desmond has one on the island and Penny has one on her nightstand. That's correct. And and that is and and some people say, well, perhaps this is an oversight on a part on the part of the producers. I'm sorry, I can accept some X-rays with the wrong dates or the name of a hospital. I can accept some, you know, all kinds of other things. They've put too much time and energy right. into There's, the photo. Th- there are small continuity errors, but there are. I think they learned from the photo the last time when they changed the actress. <laughs> you know that they're that we're watching at. Absolutely, and, and their their placement of props is intentional. Exactly. So the the thing is, is he obviously went to go buy the ring, and he ended up wanting the ring this time, which changed that event. Right. So therefore, he could. I, I know that the. I know that before he turned the failsafe key, he had the photo because we saw it up on the mantle in the in the hatch. After he turned the failsafe key and he went back or whatever, he. A second time, although it was harder for him, also took the the photo. And my and and I think what you're saying is absolutely correct to answer that that he was able to yet another time eventually right. go back and change that one event right. like to he's where in she a loop. exactly okay okay so that cool. that that's that. Now I'm gonna play what's called the did he know clip. Uh, after the surgery, Jack oh. goes for. A... Uh, let me let me sit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm let, lost. I know. I, I tr- I, like I said, I wanted to share this all with you this afternoon, but that's okay. Well, there it's wasn't not... enough time. You had an appointment to get back to. There's I, no way right. we could have went. That was totally my fault for scheduling that guy too soon. So here's the situation. This is something we recorded way before the hiatus was over. Right. I went back and remember I titled an episode. T- um, it was episode 63 of the Weekly Lost podcast. It was called Falling in Love with Lost Again. Okay. And right. I, I, we reinvestigated Man of Science, Man of Faith. Mm-hmm. And I said this. Uh, after the surgery, Jack goes for a run because he obviously is uh, beating he's down his... He's down because it didn't work. It and... didn't work. He's failed. Uh, and he runs into Future Seeing Man, uh, who we know now as Desmond, of course. And uh, the question I have is, can he see the future? Because uh, Jack says, I failed. And he's like, well, you know, what if you did heal her? Failed. Oh, right. Just one thing. What if you did fix her? I didn't. Well, what if you did? You don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't. Why not? Because with her situation, that would be a miracle, brother. I mean, Desmond is like, not only is he trying to give Jack hope, what if you did? I mean, Jack is a doctor. He's obviously already performed the operation. He knows that it was a complete and utter failure. And Desmond's like, but what if you did? What, but what, what if you did? But what if you did? And he's like, you don't you don't know what you're talking about. Well, why don't I? It, it's almost as if Desmond already knows I, I I know it's a stretch, but knowing what we know from season three and the first couple episodes with him, you know, the lightning strike and all that stuff and the deja vu kind of thing and the, you know, in the speech that was it Locke gave, you know, foreseeing that. Uh, and, and then, of course, there's the very famous words that he, he leaves Jack with. Well, good luck, brother. See you in another life, yeah? Did he know? Did he know? Absolutely. I mean, I, um, that that totally supports it because he knew that Sarah, he knew that Sarah made it through the sur- or that the surgery was a success, a success because 
he had already been on the island and met Jack and known that she survived. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. We we were so, we were on top where of this. It would have been a stretch in episode sixty three. I don't think it's a stretch it's, in episode seventy seven. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And so I think enough said right there. However, I have more evidence to support my theory that this really happened as we saw it in this episode. That this wasn't his life flashing so, before his eyes. I have a question for you right yes. quick. <laughs> yes, Steph. Is this exploring the mystery or is this proving Cliff's theory? Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> okay. The, the, now, the thing is, is that I, I had to do some pre-recorded Cliff stuff because I didn't want to he- sit here and try to read this. Mark Tafoya is... Oh, that's when he, I was upstairs sobbing the other day. <laughs> yeah. he Mark Tafoya is here online. He's dialed in. And I'm going to have to give him all the credit for the emails that he sent to us. And he shared some of this in the initial reaction podcast. But I must play this. And so I need to turn to Mark Tafoya of the Remarkable Palette podcast, who shared all of this stuff. And here uh, I've recorded a clip to help uh, to help recap basically what he did share. You just said all that, so you don't really need to read your script. Well, see, the thing is I said it, then I read my script, and now I'm sorry that I read my script. So... Anyway, here's here's what pre-recorded Cliff recorded from what Mark wrote. The following is from Mark Tafoya, somebody who recently joined us for our initial reactions podcast this previous Wednesday evening. He writes, In our long-standing tradition of naming characters after philosophers, it's perfect that we find out that Desmond's full name is Desmond David Hume. David Hume was a famous Scottish philosopher. He was an atheist and a historian. Most of his philosophical writings were about causation. Does one action cause the action that follows it, or is it random? Here's some cool stuff from Wikipedia. The problem of causation. When one event continually follows after another, most people think that that connection between the two events makes the second event follow from the first. Hume challenged this belief in the first book of his treatise on human nature and later in his inquiry concerning human understanding. He noted that although we do perceive one event following the other, we do not perceive any necessary connection between the two. Hume asserted that our idea of causation exists of little more than our expectation for certain events to result after the events that precede them. We have no other notion of cause and effect but that of certain objects which have been always conjoined together and which all past instances have been found inseparable. We cannot penetrate into the reason of the conjunction. We only observe the thing itself and always find that from the constant conjunction the objects acquire a union in the imagination." We cannot actually say that one event caused another. All we know for sure is that one event is correlated to another. For this, Hume coined the term constant conjunction. That is, when we see that one event always causes another, what we are really seeing is that one event has always been constantly conjoined to the other. The reason we do believe in cause and effect is not because cause and effect are the actual way of nature, We believe because of the psychological habits of the human nature. Okay. So, basically, what Hume is saying is everything that Mark had shared pretty much the other night. Now, here is what 
I want to, to point out. If you didn't follow what Hume's theory was, I encourage you to, first of all, go back, I mean, as you listen to this podcast, go back two and a half minutes into this episode and re-listen to that, because unfortunately, uh, there was a lot of stuff there. So go back and definitely re-listen to that. Now, it's going to be important to understand what Rodimus, it's going to be important that you understand what we just read to understand what a guy named Rodimus Ben from the Fuselage.com posted. And I want to let you know, this is a very detailed and a very deep thinking clip as far as what he actually wrote in the forum. Don't feel bad if you need to go back and listen to this clip more than once as well. I know I had to read it a couple times, and it took me forever to actually record this thing. But uh, see if you can follow along with uh, what Rodimus Ben from the Fuselage.com wrote, and this is truly amazing. This is what Rodimus Ben writes at thefuselage.com. He made a post titled, This Was a Pure Flashback and Time Travel. The causality of all events in Desmond's life revolves around the turning of the key. Whereas most of us live our lives in a linear fashion, a progression of events from one to the next, from the moment we were born until the day we die, Desmond's life is a collection of events centered around the middle of his life, the day he turned the failsafe key. As humans, we have only one way to perceive time, the progression from the beginning to end. We can't imagine that something exists before it exists in time. For example, if I were to say, imagine the day a human first lands on Saturn. You can picture it in your head, but that's different from me saying that the first human landing on Saturn is already a fixed moment in time that we are simply unable to perceive because of our linear existence. We don't even have the proper words to describe it in our language. To us, everything must be either past, present, or future. Another demonstration. Lincoln is assassinated. To us, it is something that happened at a fixed point in time in the past and cannot be changed. However, this is just as true for people who existed when the Declaration of Independence was signed. For them, it was also a fixed point in time, but they simply were not aware of its existence. They are just as incapable of changing causality. If we imagine all the events in human history on an equal plane, no past, no present, or future, no devaluing certain events because they haven't happened yet from our perspective, then we can begin to understand Desmond's situation. Most people start life with a big you are here sign over their heads at birth, then proceed from one event to the next until they die. But Desmond's life, all of it, including his birth, exists with the you are here sign over the instant he turned the key. All other events in his life, including those that we label as past and future with our limited vernacular, branch out forwards and backwards from that point. Desmond's life revolves around turning the key because Desmond has always turned the key. It is a set moment in time in his life and remains so no matter what the chronological frame of reference from which one speaks. It didn't even change that on the day he turned the key. It always was. Because the temporal laws of the universe has always been aware the fact that he turns the key. What Desmond experienced in last night's flashback was just that, a flashback. 
We, as the audience, were privy to the moments from his past, just as we were in any other Lost episode. The difference is that Desmond lived through this period of time after having already collected memories from another point in his life, his time on the island. He didn't go back in time for this episode. He simply lived a part of his life aware of his future. Most of us are aware of our past when we want to be. But sometimes we will have flashes, if you will, of sudden memories, usually brought on by something specific. Let's say a relative visits and you think of the last time you've seen him or her. And that happens instinctually. Desmond's mind is the same as ours, except his flashes work in all directions. Because where most of our perceptions begin with birth and proceed in one direction, his linear perception begins with turning the key and branches out branches out in all directions. There is no other version of events in Desmond's past than the one we saw last night. There is a fixed moment in time when Desmond tries to buy a ring from an old lady that tells him he's not supposed to have it. The only difference between our lives and Desmond's is that he experiences things without the same linear limitations that the rest of us have. Unfortunately, he doesn't understand this. He cannot grasp what is happening to him with his three-dimensional brain. It results in his confusion at being catapulted at what he perceives as the past and receiving flashes of the future. Last night's episode was what happens when somebody living a non-linear existence is given a flashback that follows his own stream of perception. We ride along as he struggles to grasp what is happening to him, ultimately realizing that he has experienced a point in time which he has no power to change. Okay, so there you go. Did you catch all that, Stephanie? No. (laughs) I'm telling you, and, and I feel sorry for the live participants because that was so much information. And Rodimus Ben... Totally, I, I I totally agree with everything he says, and I believe this is exactly what the writers were going for in this episode, and it has everything to do with the fact that they gave Desmond the name, De, you know, Desmond David Hume, and with what Mark shared, it, it just all fits together like a puzzle piece. In fact, Mark wants to add a comment, and so give me one second here, I'll bring Mark on. Mark, are you there? Yeah, hey guys. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I'm not sure that I really feel like it has to be answered, like any of this has to be answered. I just love the, the exploration and, and the sort of the, uh, you know, the, all the ideas of it. Like, I think some people are really wanting to know the definitive answer, and I think that, you know, the fun is in exploring all these different um, different ways. And while you were talking there, I remembered um, a play that I read in college. Um, it's a French play written by an author named Armand Salacru, and it's called L'Inconnu d'Arras, which is like the, 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 strange, the stranger from Arras. And the whole play takes place in the moment between a guy who's, who's killed himself. It takes place, the whole play takes place in the moment from the, when the, the bullet leaves the gun till it enters his brain. And I thought a lot of the stuff that happens in, in here can, you know, it's interesting, like the, the idea of temporality. You could have this long period, this whole flashback stretched out over the whole hour, and it all could have happened in that moment of the flash. Absolutely, I, and and I think that that does that I, make any sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, the one thing I will say though, Mark, is that um, in it, the writers seemingly did make a point to tell us though 
that if you want to know what happened to Desmond, you will know in this episode. And I, 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 and I know that well, Rodimus Ben, if you go back and listen to that clip where I just read everything he wrote, he even mentions the fact that Desmond, you can even see in the, in the flashes. And that's why, remember, each of the flashes, that's why I think that they call it flashes before your eye because, because he's experienced this in the past and, or not in the past, we got to get rid of that language to follow Hume's philosophy anyway. We have to get rid of that language because it's limited. Uh, and it's so linear, and it, and it puts all these things in conjunctions as if they have to be strung together instead of individual events in time. But he is going through this uh, with his, basically, you are here starting at the failsafe key, and as he goes through, he's getting these flashes of the future. And that's the flashes before your eyes. And and it, it just makes total sense to me, and and it seems to it seems to make with I mean it was just your simple copying and pasting of of Wikipedia articles put together with this understanding of of how Desmond could be li- living this non-linear life that that just seems to be like an exact puzzle piece, which would give me a satisfactory answer as to what happened to Desmond. When he turned the failsafe key. Now there was even prior information uh, given in in several episodes back when we talked about why was Desmond naked, and when we talked about why Desmond was naked, uh, there was this thing about there was there was some kind of book or story that shared that when you jump through and and I don't know if if Big O is on here. Let me ask him if it if doppelgangers had anything to do that. Hey Big O, are you on the line with us? Yeah, I sure am. What's up, Cliff? Are you the guy? Uh, we're, 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 not much. <laughs> hey, uh, B- <laughs> Big O, um, were you the one that shared the doppelganger stuff? Yeah, that was me. Okay, was was it you? Was it the doppelgangers that actually made mention of the fact that when one is transported through time, through the dimension, that uh, sometimes one would end up somewhere naked? Nope, I think you got the wrong theory. Okay, that's okay. I, I apologize. I mean, I, I do hear a lot of these things, and so um, I, I but I know I've heard about it. There's been a time theory, or at least one of the books that have been referenced uh, that has something to do with time travel actually talked about the fact that um, when you go through... I think it's one of the books. Yeah, we talked about it in the past. So anyway, Rachel wants to add her comment. So let's see what Rachel Lisi has to say here. As soon as I unmute her. Rachel, you are on line four. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I, have so, I have so many thoughts on this, this episode. Um, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I do think that it was time travel, or, or he, he is traveling through time at different points. Um, and, of course, that, that time is not, in fact, linear. And I wanted to bring up something interesting that was actually on ER last night. Um, never thought I would have gotten a clue to lost on ER, but um, they had a patient come in who was having basically kind of like Desmond was, was he knew what was going to happen. Not all the time, but just just sometimes um, an air conditioning unit fell through the ceiling, and he said, move me now, and two seconds later it fell. Well, it turns out he had epileptic seizures in his temple. So it wasn't showing up like a regular epileptic seizure, but it was giving him these flashes of what was going to happen. Very cool. 
Uh, Will, I, I, I'll tell you, Stephanie, it's safe to put your headphones back on. Just so you know, uh, Stephanie had to throw her headphones down because it's DVR'd and she has not yet watched that episode. And uh, my apologies oh. my apologies to anybody who has not seen their DVR'd ER yet. It's a very small part of the episode. It really is. <laughs> no biggie. She just heard ER what happened last night and she just tossed <laughs> them. So, uh, yeah, that, I mean, exactly. That, I think that that's an interesting theory. Um, do you have anything else? You said you Kim had a lot. Of... Me. Yeah, you... Kim, Kim corrected me. It was actually the temporal lobe, a little different than the temples. Um, another thing that I had actually brought up before was that Desmond had done that painting in the hatch, and he was seemingly painting things that he should not know about. Well, if he's gone back in time and then and relived all this stuff, there's stuff that he could have learned that then he's now he's now painted. Absolutely, I, I I I am very intrigued by this whole this whole theory, and that's why I am totally buying into this was more than just life flashing before his eyes. That he's actually able to go back and try to make changes, and and that's why I mean why, the lady was angry. It's like no, you don't take the ring, you don't take the ring, you don't take it. Okay, Mark wants to uh, chime in again. Mark, go ahead. Yeah, the the one follow-up quick thing, just along the lines of the non-linear, it, something that's, that struck me in a, in, when you were talking about that was, you know, if it's non-linear, then, then and and that sort of you are here is above the, the moment of the key turning. You know, if you remember, the key turning was inside a Dharma logo. And if you kind of think of it that way, it's kind of like spokes going outward from a center. Um, I just That's an interesting sort of connection. I don't know if it means anything, but I thought that was cool. And, um, and... Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know. I lost my train of thought on the rest of that. Not a problem. If you if you get it back, then uh, just uh, let us know. We're going to go to Josh, who's on line eight. Stephanie, can you open that line up for us? Sure. I had you muted. I'm I sorry. Know. I know. That's why I wasn't talking. All right, Josh. And let's see here. Josh is from Teaneck, New Jersey. New Jersey. Easy for me to say. New Jersey. Yeah, uh, I just had a, a quick thing about um, Desmond. There was another scene that I think kind of showed his future seeing ability, where he's getting out of prison, and uh, the guards and him are talking about the book, and he says, "Well, that only works if you know when you're going to die." And Desmond kind of gives him a little look, like, "Well, maybe I do know when I'm going to die." So, um, I, I just thought that was uh, an interesting little part of the show. That is interesting. I, I, I mean, the whole time theory, time travel. Uh, you know, being you know not trapped by time, I, I I really I go back to to you know that whole Easter egg. What? Let me see if I can find it. Only fools are enslaved by time and space. So you know, Desmond is obviously not enslaved by time and space. And so you know, is he the only one that is not a fool? Um, how about this? Is it possible that other people, other islanders? are able to go back and change or correct their past mistakes. Wouldn't that be interesting? Now, I know this is taking... I, I, I happen to know the gunslinger's not in here tonight, and I know he'll be listening to this. And, and I know folks like him hate this whole idea of far-stretched science fiction stuff that is beyond the scope of what would some people would consider 
acceptable sci- acceptable scientific explanation. And I realize where those television, pe- nothing has to be acceptable. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that the, the producers almost promised that whatever we do on Lost will have somewhat of a an acceptable scientific uh, explanation. And I, they've uh, never led you wrong before? <laughs> no doubt. Uh, let's see here. Mark is on line, oh my gosh, line 15. Clifford. Oh, I remembered what I was going to say, which was that if, if indeed Desmond is literally reliving the entire experience, like he got thrown back and was reliving it linearly, that, something that would sort of uh, run counter to that is, well, then why would he stay inside the hatch for all of that time knowing what he knew with, from the future? He would have gone out and followed, um, what's his name, much earlier. So, you know, maybe that sort of indicates that he isn't necessarily living the whole thing straight through. Unless the uh, injection. He might be either popping in in flashes or he might just be seeing it in bits. Or the injections he's been taking make him forget. That That's very possible. Um, and also, uh, it, it's not so much that he's living the whole thing through, but more so that he's popping in and out of places. Uh, because in in... Uh, Rodimus Ben's point of view me, is is so much that things are things are not you do see Stephanie and I were talking about this while pre-recorded Cliff was blabbing there, um, but Stephanie had written down Daybreak you know Daybreak and Daybreak when he, he goes back every it says every every decision has consequences has consequences or basically anything you do is going to cause something else a chain of events to occur or if you change one thing it's going to completely change everything else so in our mind if he goes back and which was true because she told him that the the lady at the jewelry store told him you have to be on the island you have to you know he had to do that so if he would have proposed to penny and married her and not gone to the island then I, see, yeah. the thing is, is the that... The consequence would have been the end of the world. Exactly. If if we follow the logical uh, combina- combination conjunctions or whatever they're called, the cause and event, the causation, if we follow that everything happens because of something else that has previously happened, then if Desmond ends up marrying Penelope and they stay together and she give, he gives him the photo instead of him taking it, then we must... We must, in our own mind, we think that that's going to completely change the change the entire scope of the future of his life, and that that anything that happened in the previous time before he made that decision that that's all wiped away. Kind of like uh, in Back to the Future and other movies where they show uh, Marty McFly and he's disappearing from the photo because he's changed something. But but with David Hume's philosophy, it's not that way. Everything is standalone of its own. You can change one event, and it doesn't necessarily change the fact that Desmond still sits in the hatch for three years. That's that's the beauty of David Hume's theory, and that's the beauty of them naming him Desmond Damon or David Hume. I, it, it is it's amazing to me. Tony, what do you, what do you have to say? Let's see. Tony is actually on line sixteen. Go ahead. Uh, first off, uh, hi Stephanie. Didn't get to say hi to you earlier out, out of the room. Um, Hello. Just on, an observation to go along with your theory. Uh, right after the rainstorm with Charlie, and he goes he goes and sees his professor friend. Uh, 
I don't know if anybody caught it, but he was the the professor friend was walking out of the out of the classroom or or a door or whatever, and uh, he was talking to a student, and he was stating that uh, for every ten uh, inputs, there could be ten different possibilities. I think is how the quote goes. But uh, just an observation on my part. Very cool observation. I, I tell you what, we're going to do is we are going to move into um something i can talk about well actually we are uh we're gonna uh but one of the other kind of bored over here are you kind of bored kind of bored i'll tell you what how about we jump into some character analysis <laughs> and then come back to free will versus um well i tell you what free will is actually pretty quick no it's not go ahead are you no, sure finish up in order oh. I, I wouldn't want to throw you off track you, you're not going to throw me off track babe so you want me to finish this? Go ahead. Yes, okay. I'd rather this be over than to come back to it. <laughs> Most definitely. Stephanie is definitely not into the deep. No, deep Stephanie is not this. feeling well today. Don't. Okay, I'm so don't sorry. Make me out to be the bad person. You are here. not a bad person for not being interested in extreme deep theory. <laughs> okay, and um, I'm extreme not extreme deep theory. Maybe I, I'm not into, but that doesn't mean that I'm not into what happened. I, on Wednesday, so before we move forward, I let's okay. see. I want to get into one or more of uh, the philosopher David Hume's theories as it relates to free will versus predestination or determinism. Yes, Stephanie. Not being into it and not understanding it are different. I don't understand it, and if I try to understand it, I'm going to make myself look like an idiot. So I'd rather not. That's fine, and I'm cool with that. Okay. And and I apologize to you in advance for the fact that. I have so much of this deep theory That's stuff fine. that I'm hooked into on this particular episode. Had maybe we spoke about Lost before right now, <laughs> this podcast would be going differently. I, I know it would, in fact. No, we watched because... the show, and and then we did our initial reactions, and then we, I went to bed, you came to bed hours later, and then... You went to work, and then we did Grey's Anatomy last night. You went to work, and here we are. You know, it's we have not had any time to discuss this. I know before now. I have tried, but it's not our. It's not either of our faults. It's just circumstances have not allowed it. Time. It's is almost as if us. we were predetermined not <laughs> to have the conversation ahead of time. Did you hear me? Yes. Because it wouldn't matter. Had I warned him about the scaffolding, tomorrow he'd be hit by a taxi. If I warned him about the taxi, he'd fall in the shower and break his neck. The universe, unfortunately, has a way of course correcting. That man was supposed to die. That was his path. Just as it's your path to go to the island. You don't do it because you choose to, Desmond. You do it because you're supposed to. I'm gonna meet Penny in an hour. I'm gonna ring. She'll say yes. I can choose whatever I want. You may not like your path, Desmond. But pushing that button is the only truly great thing that you will ever do. The following is also a post made by Mark Tafoya regarding Hume and his philosophy regarding free will versus determinism. 
Just about everyone has noted the apparent conflict between free will and determinism. If your actions were determined to happen years ago, then how can they be up to you? But Hume noted another conflict, one that turned the problem of free will into a full-fledged dilemma. Imagine that your actions are not determined by what events came before. Then your actions are, it seems, completely random. Moreover, and more importantly for Hume, they are not determined by your character, your desires, your preferences, your values, etc. How can we hold someone responsible for an action that did not result from his character? How can we hold somebody responsible for an action that, was that just randomly occurred? Free will seems to require determinism, because otherwise the agent and the action would not be connected in the way required of freely chosen actions. So now nearly everyone believes in free will. Free will seems inconsistent with determinism, and free will seems to require determinism. Hume's view is that human behavior, like everything else, is caused, and therefore holding people responsible for their actions should focus on rewarding them or punishing them in such a way that they will try to do what is morally desirable and will try to avoid doing what is morally reprehensible. Okay, so one of the things that I think is extremely cool about this is how it gets me to think about my own faith. You know, and and I'm I'm not certain that really Lost is trying to to make some kind of statement out there. But the thing is, is that um, there there has always been some kind of debate whether God allows people to have free will or if He predetermines or predestines people to do certain things, certain events. You know, does does He have a plan, a a roadmap of everything, and or does He give us free will, or does He have a roadmap? And do we make our own choices and he has to course correct or recalculating? Did you? Will you stop? To, see, I can't talk because you have me muted. I am sorry. I just, I'm already taking up all my energy to try not to cough. And then I have the slightest little cough and you mute me. I am sorry, baby. You are hurting my feelings. Anyway, um, I think both. Both. Yeah. Um, talking, you know... Yes, I think that God has a, maybe, yes, God has a pre, what did you say, predetermined, um, what did you call it? Roadmap. Yes. Okay, totally lost in my own head here. And yes, we have free will. God has a design and a purpose for the things that he wants to do. And I cannot think of the, the, the chapter and verse that I want to reference right now, but I'll, I'll come back and share it with you later. But um, you know, there is a place in Scripture where he has, you know, um, he has something that he wants his people to do for him, but they start building up their own idols and their own gods, and um, trying to make for themselves where God could give them so much more. And so he kind of said <laughs> in Scripture, he says. To people are totally gonna <laughs> think I'm nuts. To the Holy Trinity, let's go down and show them because He has, you know, God, God has this roadmap of what needs to be done, and you are invited to come and help Him do it. And if you're gonna try to do it your own, He is gonna step aside you and get it done anyway. And so, how does that play into what you were talking about? Because I have no idea. No, it it totally plays in, and that's kind of the discussion. And it's like. 
you know, and and if I don't if I if I don't cry out and worship, the rocks will. Um, you know, th- those kind of things. But the you know the the places where I really get stuck on on predetermination or or predestination and all those things is you know Judas who betrayed Jesus. Was he predetermined? Was he? No, was, that was free will. I, I know, but that and that's my own personal feeling. There are some people who disagree with that. There are people. There, there are some people who. I don't think any of us are predestined to be evil. I know you don't think that, and well, I'm I don't just stating that as okay. that's my belief. I, and I agree with your belief, but I'm stating that there are a great number of people out there who don't believe that, who are Christians, who believe that some are predestined to be saved and some are predestined to be damned and and so that is where i mean there is some some gray so some need to go in and well some need to have you know their own opinion and and if we believe that they have free will to choose their own opinion right. that's different than ours then so be it so anyway i know where you're going <laughs> but but it's an inter- that what i love about lost is this i love that it it's makes confusing no, I love that it makes you think. It does. You know, I, I love that you can you can take this as a casual viewer and and never hear of David Hume and and what his philosophy was, and you would be you would be no worse off because you didn't learn. Oh, I think you'd be better off. <laughs> and some people would think you that you'd have be better the headache off. That <laughs> but you my, have my mind still swarming from those two pre-recorded clips of, of all that information that. It, literally, it's I had just... to read. I had to read through it myself. Just, I, and I not only was I reading it out loud, but I'm actually physically. I had visual, so I actually got to read it a couple times, and it makes perfect sense to me. So I realized that that the people who are listening live are definitely are definitely at a disadvantage because right. uh, they'll have to go back if they want to go back and and listen to those pre-recorded things. That after listening to it maybe twice or even a third time. Some of these things that I'm talking about will will fit more into place. Now, finally, uh, Big O has he he actually got disconnected and now he's actually on uh, line 23. Go ahead. Hey, Cliff, how are you again? Going uh, doing great. Uh, quick note, quick note before I make my point. Um, I think the reason a lot of Christians believe that Judas was kind of pre you know determined or whatever to do what he did is because it was prophesied that that would happen by Isaiah in the Old Testament but it wasn't prophesied um, who so you know you, um, so you know you can take that for for whatever you can still you can still argue for one side or the other but I just thought I'd point that out but um, but anyway so talking not so much about um, predestination versus free will but just about Desmond and time travel I just wanted to offer a dissenting uh, opinion. Um, I don't personally. I got to say that I absolutely loved the episode. I really did. It was great. Um, but I, but I don't. My theory is that Desmond did not travel through time. And you're absolutely right that the the writers of the show have given us all kinds of clues relating to time travel. But to me, there there's no way to tell if that's um, them trying to lead us in the right direction or them trying to throw us a red herring so we sit in chat rooms and, and talk endlessly about stuff that isn't exactly the point that they're getting at. And, you know, they've, they've done it over and over and over again with a show like this. They put in uh, Easter eggs that lead us off in, in the wrong track or whatever. And um, so w- what I think happened is 
the, the vision that he saw was was given to him by um, whatever the same means um, that Yemi was appearing to echo. Um, so whether it's the smoke monster or, or something else, you know, I think that um, um, those those visions have a particular purpose. You know, like I, I also think that that uh, Hurley seeing Dave was the same kind of vision, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of parallels between what they did to us in the Dave episode as what they did here. Um, so all through Dave, they're they're leading us on to think that the whole entire show is in Hurley's head. He's actually they're not on the island at all. He's still in the hospital, and it's all a big, you know, crazy dream. And um, and then at the end of the episode, they bring it all back to know they are still on the island and or or whatever. And so uh, to me, that the same thing that they're doing here just they didn't wrap it up neatly at the end of, of one episode i think the smoke monster came to him um and for whatever reason is trying to manipulate him by having that lady tell him things you know and it also kind of smacks of the way that um benry has you know said things to try to get into people's heads and and break them down mentally so that he can get them to do what what he wants them to do so that, that's my take on it. I can't explain why Desmond seemed to know the future. You know, that's a whole different point, and, you know, I don't have an answer for that. But Well, I, I, I totally... That's, that's my take on it. <coughs> Thank you, Big O. Uh, let's see here. The thing is, is I definitely, I know that there are a lot of people that disagree with me, and I'm completely okay with that. In fact, you know, I would like to try to have people, convince people to come to my theory, but it's still just that. It's my theory. I, I really believe, I mean, I totally understand that, in fact, I believe that, that Dave was an episode that kind of was just a nod to the fan community who had come up with the, the snow globe or the, because the, you know, actually, I'm sorry, the, the comment that Desmond made, we're all in a snow globe, you know, that was a nod at the people who were hinting at the St. Elsewhere uh, talks that we had all had, um, and Dave was this whole, it's all a dream. You know, it's all in somebody's head that, you know, this is one person who's who's got this fictitious island scenario that is is going on. And so I, I, I know that that was definitely just an episode that says, no, this is not it. I mean, it, Hurley is totally going to be kissing this chick called Libby. And and uh, that's 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 a real event. Uh, and, and things on the island are real. And, and 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 Dave is just in his head. So but the thing is, is that um they didn't say in the episode Dave that you're going to have a, an answer for what happens on Lost when you watch this episode but they said you will have the answer of what happened to Desmond and to me that says you'll know that Desmond experienced the the things that we call the past over again with some kind of flashes before his eyes of the future and th that all just fits for me and, and you said uh, the, and, 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 and I'm sorry, not just you, but other people are also saying that um, that Serby or the smoke monster, just like Yemi got into the locks and Echo's head, uh, you know, through these visions or dreams, and also to Charlie, uh, that maybe this, this white-haired lady uh, was, by the way, her name was Mrs. Hawkins, I think, which is some kind of nod to the book The Others. 
So I, I, I'm not familiar with that story, but uh, by the way, that's a, a point that I read on the fuselage. Uh, but anyway, uh, and the, the way I know her name is because of the credits of, of the episode. Uh, but anyway, or not the others, uh, somebody else, not to the others. Big O will tell us who it is. But anyway, what was I, where was I going? Oh, the, the fact is, is that why would the, the white-haired lady, you know, why would she tell him everything must happen? You know, I can understand all the things that she said, being the smoke monster, putting those in his head. But if the island or some force were trying to kill Charlie, why would he be given flashes of the future? And, 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 and everybody is basically um, saying, okay, so basically uh, Stephen, Stephen Hawking, Brief History of Time, which was the book... In the last episode, that that uh, what was his Aldo. name? Aldo was reading, and Stephen Hawking was the author of the book that Aldo is reading. And her name in the credits is Mrs. Hawking. So thank you very much, Big O, for for clearing that up. But no, I totally agree that my theory could be wrong, and and I think that you have some pretty decent ideas there. In fact, that you know it could be that his life just flashed before his eyes. Uh, it could be that the smoke monster planted some of these things in his head, um, but it still doesn't explain to me. I mean, we nobody here thinks for a second that Desmond never actually ran into Jack in the stadium, and nobody believes that Jack and Desmond didn't have the conversation where Desmond kind of assures Jack that possibly she's going to be okay because he sees the future. And the fact is, is that with these flashes before his eyes, he's kind of used to living a life of always seeing the future. So there, my theory just fits perfectly, I think. And and but I'm I, again, I still agree that there are people who disagree, and I'm okay with that. I just wanted to share that there's just an overwhelming ma- majority of evidence that supports it. Uh, we have Rachel ZC Lisi on but, line forty-two. Before you get okay. to Rachel, I want to say there's also an overwhelming. You said there was an overwhelming amount of evidence that the monster is nanobots, and it's not. Yeah, that's true. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, but I. But I, I agree with your theory. I just. You're you're right. Well, I don't, I think there wasn't an overwhelming amount of evidence. Nothing like this. I mean, this has tons of evidence to support my theory. Nanobots. All I had was the cover to the prey <laughs> with a superimposed big screen capture. Yes, but you sold it in much the same way. I did sell it in much the same way. So anyway, Big O says, "Go, Steph." Thank you. Okay, Rachel ZC Lisi, you are on line forty-two. Go ahead. Oh hi! I wanted to say that I agreed with Stephanie on the it being both fate and free will. Um, that. I, I think there's, like, an overall basic thing, but then you're still able to make your own decisions, and then every once in a while, God or the creator, whatever you choose to call uh, him or her, um, will then nudge you at times. Um, just in, in my own life, uh, I, I almost met my husband one night, and I decided not to go because I had a weird feeling about it, and then a while later, I was invited out again, and um, I met him, and the second I saw him, I knew, I didn't know he was going to be my husband, but I knew he'd be important in my life. And if you look at it that way, um, that was the greater being stepping in and giving me a nudge saying, hey, you missed it. You didn't meet him the first time. Get your butt in there. 
Very cool. Well, I th- I think that's interesting because th- that's very similar to to what happened to Stephanie and I, and the fact that I had tried to avoid our first encounter. Uh, but that's a that's a story for my crazy life, isn't it, Steph? Yeah. But anyway, uh, we let let's um continue our discussion about loss. I, one of the things I want to try to avoid in this podcast is to get into any sort of debate of, about religion. Our our audience is so vast and um, diverse that I don't I don't want to offend anybody and their faith. And obviously, Stephanie and I have some strong beliefs, and I'm certain that anybody here live and anybody listening to this, we all have very strong beliefs in in the, in the system and the religion that we're currently. Uh, following if there there is one so um let's go ahead and go to oh my gosh the line 108 is jeff gentry jeff you're on hey hey thanks i just wanted to share it's kind of interesting this episode and um thinking about a, a comic book i really uh listened to uh, uh or watch and read uh it's called exiles it's kind of a spinoff of the x-men and um it deals with these group of people who have been unhinged from time because they've died, and they have been chosen to go correct other realities where things are going wrong. And um, thinking about the island could be like that place where they go in between, and then they go and try to correct things and make things right that once went wrong. It's kind of like a quantum leap thing. But uh, it's just kind of interesting that that comic book um, is kind of paralleling some of what's going on in Lost, and uh, it's just kind of interesting. I just wanted to bring that up. Very cool. Well, thank you very much. And, and Stephanie's pointing out some things that she wrote. Stephanie, why don't you tell everybody what you wrote to me? Okay. Um, she wrote some notes on I, the back of I wrote of our... some notes, and I really can't read them very well because... It was just a a brief thought, but anyway, um, yeah, I was talking about Desmond being stuck in a loop and continually, you know, doing over. So, what if this just it doesn't it doesn't necessarily fall in line with what Jeff just shared, but but it would it would definitely mirror it a little if the failsafe killed them. If the failsafe killed everyone on the island and they're all stuck in a continuum loop of the last five or so years of their life trying to fix whatever went wrong. That that would be extremely you know, interesting. So You anyway. know, again, the idea... And I had that thought like 30 minutes ago when I had nothing better to think about. Than... <laughs> As she was listening to pre-recorded Cliff. <laughs> all right, let, let's talk about some, some Easter eggs. I, I think we need to get out of the deep stuff and... And you into think? yeah, just a little bit. So uh, let's uh, do this. All right. So there were some awesome Easter eggs, Stephanie. I've you've got pictures there. The first one is: Did you notice the painting in Mister Widmore's office, Stephanie? You, I noticed it, but I didn't. You know, obviously notice it. Right. We we noticed that there was a mural. So graciously posted. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. There are three... Or until you put it in front of me with the three things that I'm supposed to notice pointed out. that That's when I noticed it. Oh, okay. So there are three things that were in the mural if you do some screen captures of that. Uh, one is that in Mr. Whittemore's office, it's very clear. It stands out. The very first thing I saw was the polar bear. Yes. Okay. The second thing I saw was an upside-down 
Buddha statue. And the third thing I noticed is that Namaste is written in reverse, almost as as if it was uh, like written in a mirror, you know, where you could actually right. hold a mirror up or, uh, or at least written backwards, if you will. Now, uh, we'll put, actually, in, fa- in fact, maybe there are some people here. If you, if you go to, uh, let's see, if I pull up this link, and if you're in the live chat room, I'm posting a, a, a link in there. If you hold your mouse over that chat bubble, right-click if, Macin- if you have a Macintosh. I don't know what you click, but uh, <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a real computer, you right-click. <laughs> I'm going to get the emails now. Yep. Right-click, copy that, and paste it into your browser, and you can see all these photos that we're looking at here in our hands. But anyway, moving right along, we have uh, the advertisements that were found uh, as the soccer match was on TV. You know, there was two different scenes where there was the soccer match in the right. bar. And Desmond says, look, he's going to score the fourth score right now and come back. And Well, you know how in the stadiums they actually have um, all along the... the Sponsors or advertisers. The, they have the sponsored advertisers out there on along the wall in front of the uh, the seating. And then, of course, you know, up by the goals or behind the goals, they have all those those advertisements. And just so you know, there are screen captures available on our... They'll be in the show notes here uh, as well. But anyway, you can see Mr. Cluck's Chicken Shack, uh, Oceanic Air, Apollo Bar, and, of course, Hanso. Hanso. The Hanso Foundation. And then, of course, there is another... Uh, there is another... Uh, Easter egg. Easter egg. And it is Charlie's donation sign. Now, Mark Tafoya uh, pointed this out on our initial reactions. And it's the fact that his middle name is Hieronymus. And, of course, I encourage you to go back and listen to the original uh, reaction episode. And he'll explain to you in that episode what that is all about. And then, of course, there is one other one that is just truly amazing. And it is... In Desmond's flashback, there is a poster that that has a picture of a woman, and the po- the the girl in the poster on the advertisement on the wall, she blinks. That's pretty weird. She blinks, and if you all you have to do is go to the show notes and look at these screen captures, you see Desmond uh, in one frame, his head is is right even with her mouth, and then of course. In the next frame down, he's you know below her chin, and in the top photo, her eyes are. Uh, let's see here in the top. Well, let me actually look at it because I can't. Yes, in the top one, in in the top photo, uh, or screen capture, her eyes are open, and in the bottom one, her eyes are closed. And there is a lot of debate as to what this is about, and I'm sure that Mark is probably chiming in to <coughs> say what he thinks about it. Mark, go ahead. <coughs> I'm not here to talk about the blinking girl because uh, I don't really know much about her, but I just wanted to point out that that particular Buddha, that actual Buddha in the painting is called the Daibutsu, and it's a very famous statue at Kamakura, which is outside of Tokyo, um, between Tokyo and Mount Fuji. Um, so just, just FYI, it's probably the second most famous Buddha statue in the world, after the one in, uh, in the Poland Monastery in Hong Kong. I'm so glad we have Mark. Well, I, I want to ask Mark a question, and I don't want to offend him because, Mark, I am in love with you. I want you to know that. Um, is there anything that you don't uh, know? 
I mean, puns, as I'm frequently uh, reminded by the people around me. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> love that about you, is that, I, and I, I'm not calling you, you a know-it-all. I, I'm just calling you a very intelligent man. It, it, it amazes me the amount of information that your brain can hold. Well, that's traveled a lot. The, and I okay. should also mention I'm eating Buddha right now. I'm eating a chocolate Buddha right now as we speak. <laughs> I went to a restaurant yesterday called called Dao in uh, in uh, on the Upper East Side. I went to a um, to a press uh, dinner for uh, Harbin beer, which is a Chinese beer, and they gave us these little chocolate Dao uh, chocolate uh, Buddhas. And I, I couldn't resist eating one when I heard you talking about the Buddha. That stuff. is hilarious. <laughs> That is hilarious. But, I, I mean, you, you hear about those people, you hear about those people who never forget anything that they ever learn or, or ever hear. And Mark, I think you're the closest that I've ever met. Hey, everybody. This is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I have to cut in here. I've decided to take this episode, this live recording, and split it into two podcasts episodes. So this is actually going to be the conclusion of episode 77. The live show continued on for quite a bit more, and we had some character analysis discussion. We had some very important lost in the news. I mean, extremely important. In fact, a true interview with Jorge Garcia from another Lost podcaster. You don't want to miss that, plus all kinds of other exciting discussion with our live participants. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up here for now, and I will release part two of this discussion, this live show, on Monday in our weekly Lost Podcast feed. So do be listening for that, or looking out for that anyway. And until next time, stay lost. You have been listening to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal Donate button on our website at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening. Watch that again. Uh, TiVo it and watch it frame by frame. You'll pick things up.